0: This is Pastor Keith Joseph coming to you from First Baptist Church of Jackson, Georgia. Welcome to our weekly broadcast. We hope it speaks to you where you are in life. To learn more about our ministries, check us out at jacksonfbc.com.
1: Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. To the angel of the church of Sardis, write, The words of him who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars, the words of the Holy One, the True One, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens. I know your words. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have put little power, and yet you have kept my words and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it, and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven. My own new name, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches.
0: Now Today I'm preaching under the heading of then and now. There's a verse that I've been holding on to, it's Deuteronomy 29 and 29, where the Bible says this, that the secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to us. And so there are things that, that maybe we don't understand, but God understands them all. And even though it may seem uncertain with you, I want to tell you this, the Bible says in Psalm 91 and verse 1, that we dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. That means this, that God is going to see us through. So hear these words. Fear not. Now think about this, not only for the now, but it's always been that way in the church. When you think back through the church, remember we're, we're in the study of the book of Revelation where it's an awesome study where the, that John is saying to us, those who hear and keep and listen to this and those who live out this word that they'll make a difference in their world it's a timely word for us and and he wrote this letter remember to seven individual churches and one of those churches if you remember in their time in their then that they were facing persecution look with me in chapter two hopefully you have your bible with you at home chapter 2 and verse 10 do not fear he says to the church at smyrna listen to this what you're about to suffer because the enemy is going to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested for 10 days he says and you'll have tribulation, but be faithful. The word tribulation is there is fear. You see, throughout the ages of the church, we've always had these moments of tribulation. And oftentimes, they, they turn into persecution. Now, here's the, the first question for you to get involved with online with me. Here's the question. What fears do you have today? I mean, write them down online right now. We're interacting with There's a pastor up there now interacting with you online right now. But what are the fears that you have today? For me personally, there are three. The three top of these is death, disease, and and here's the third one that you may not think about, displacement. I really don't fear death because I know Christ, and you can amen that as you watch today. I really don't fear disease because that's just a part of life, but I do fear being displaced, being moved from where I'm comfortable, being moved to maybe something I don't like, or having to change everything around. Listen to me today. What are the fears that you have? Secondly, here's a question for you. Interact with me online. Here's a question. Do Christians face fears in a different way than do lost people? Miss Lisa last night did a wonderful job on her video. And kids, I want to encourage you every day, and parents every day at 11 o'clock in the morning time, Monday through Friday, that you would would get online with her because she's going to be teaching our kids and teaching you as parents how to live for God. And listen, if you can't listen at that time, it'll be, be there for you to pick up at other times. But she gave a verse. Second Timothy chapter 1 says in verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, the fact of the matter is, we should be different than the world. Now think about this for a moment. Throughout all the then of the church, there's always been persecution tribulation. But I also realize this, throughout these times, you know who's always blamed when hard times come? God is blamed. And then not only God, but his church are blamed for the problems. For example, back in the then, it was the year 247 A.D., Rome was celebrating her 1,000th year of existence, and most of the world was underneath her leadership. For three days, they had a celebration. It's documented in history, for three days. And and they did just like we would be on the 4th of July, and they had these three days, but the church did not participate, and here's why. Because the Romans worshipped many gods, And in these celebrations, to be a part of it, you had to worship many gods. And the church just stayed away. Now watch this. Three days later after this, there came this great plague upon Rome and upon the surrounding areas, and many people got sick and many people died. And guess who they blamed? They blamed the church, and it began a great period of time of persecution. One of the early church leaders, Tertullian, said in his book, The Apology, he said this, now think about this. He said, if the the river floods the city, or if the Nile refuses to to rise, or if the sky withholds its rain, if there's an earthquake, or if there's a famine, at once the, the cry is called out, Christians to the lions. In other words, friend, we're always, whether it's then or now, I want you to hear this, God puts us center stage. Now, don't take that as an obstacle, because I want to tell you that even though my heart breaks that you're not in this building with me, the Bible says where two or three gather together in my name, I'm in the midst, so God's with you right where you are. Now, you're going to have to turn other things off. You may have to lay down other things right now. If you're preparing a meal, mom, you need to quit right now and get in God's Word. You need to lean into God's Word right now. Matthew 5 and 14 puts it this way. Here's what the Bible says. You are the light of the world, and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. These are our defining moments in this life. And so listen, whether it was then as the title of the message is, or bringing it right back to now, I want to ask you this. What kind of a Christian are you going to be? Well, maybe you want to put it this way. Let's corporately think about what kind of church are we going to be? Remember the church at Ephesus? They were the church that had lost their way. The, the, the church at Smyrna was the church that the Bible said for them all hell broke loose, but they were lifting for God, uh, living for God. The church at Pergamon, they, they were a church that were kind of drifting down the way. And then there was a the church at Thyatira, that was a church of tolerance, not transformation. Well, today we see two other churches. And these two churches present for us two other things that could be said about us. The, the first church, it's your first fill-in-the-blank. It, it is the church at Sardis. Write it down. They're the church that fell asleep. You say, the fell asleep? Well, I'm not, I'm not pulling this from my own opinion. I actually went on a, a Google search for where today would be the city of Sardis. Listen to what I discovered. It sits on the banks of the Bekoas River in Turkey. And what I'm reading now is from, listen to me, the national Turkish website. They said this. It's located about 60 miles of the remains, each of the Ismar Peninsula. And this is what they commented. It was sitting on these banks, and it was also, at one point, one of the seven churches of Asia mentioned in the New Testament book of Revelation. Now, this is from, from a lost world. Here's what they said. It was called the church that fell asleep. You see, there's, there's churches out there today that have a lot of different names. So, so, so I wonder, what kind of church are we? Can I tell you this? There was not only the church at Sardis... There was also that Brother Jimmy read to you a few moments ago. There, there was the church at Philadelphia. And I'm going to jump ahead in the outline for a moment and tell you this. It was the church that was unstoppable. I, I don't say this arrogantly or pridefully. I say this in humility today. If you're a member of First Baptist Church of Jackson, Georgia, you're a part of an unstoppable church. It's not because of who we are, it's because of what God has done. And even though we may be in our homes today, some of you, I'm here today with just a very few small crew of people. Let me tell you, we're an unstoppable church because we have things together that God wants us to have together together. We're not the only one. I think about other churches we're praying for. A lot of churches around the world are unstoppable. The church in Egypt is unstoppable. The church in other places, in Romania, the church in Malawi is unstoppable if we have the right type of characteristics, whether it's then or now. The the church at Sardis that we read a moment ago, look back in your Bible. Here's what it says about them. Jesus is speaking. He says this in verse 1, I know your works. Well, I I know what you're doing, You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Now, write this down. It's in your notes. The the church was busy with activity. That's an interesting word when Jesus says you have the reputation. Now, if you have a reputation, that means that's somebody else's opinion. I think about Dylan was singing this morning, and and he he has a reputation, and I have a reputation. In your house, people live around you. Listen, you have a reputation with them. The King James Version of the Bible uses the word name. Now think about this. Here's Here's the next question for you to interact with. Here it is. Here it is. What does the world believe the church's number one responsibility is? What do you believe that if you're watching without Christ, what do you think our number one responsibility really is? The people around the church of Sardis said, boy, they're busy. Think about the activity. But here's what scares me, brothers and sisters in Christ. If someone without Christ is determining who we are, we're in trouble. Because listen to this, when when it's good times, the world has this expectation for us. But when it's bad times, the, the, the community changes in their, their expectations. Look, well, listen, yesterday uh, we, we fed up almost 50 families in, a, in our, our food pantry ministry yesterday. About 160-some people. I, I was here with our group, and, and, and people had a drive through yesterday. And we ministered to many different people, people we'd never ministered to before. But let me ask you this about your life right now. What are people saying about, what is your reputation? Now listen, Jesus said they had the reputation of being alive, but as he looked at them, they were dead. The Bible uses the, the word dead in at least three different ways. He uses it, first of all, in physical death. In James 1 and 26, the, the writer, actually, or actually 2 and 26 says this, the body apart from the spirit is dead. The Bible also says it's spiritual death. But when we're born, we're spiritually dead. And the Bible also speaks about our relationship with Christ. When we come to Christ, that that our old nature dies, Romans 6 and 11. So so let me ask you, what's your reputation of where you are? The church at Sardis had a reputation, but they they were dead. In other words, they were busy with activity. So what did Jesus say to them? He said, I know your works. And he says in verse 2, wake up. Right where you're sitting right now at home, God says, wake up to what's going on around you. I see people driving around as if nothing's happening. But right up in Atlanta, listen, it's a war zone, one doctor told me. It's a war zone of people there that are hurting, and it could come to our county any day. He says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I've not found your works complete in the sight of God. Now, watch this. The church was busy with activity. But number two, write this down. The church was losing the battle for souls. They were losing the battle or the war for people's souls. Think about this for a moment. What what had happened with this church? Why did he have to say, wake up? Because they were busy, but people were still dying without Christ. I'm going to tell you this, church. I believe this with all my heart. that, That one of the reasons that God has allowed this in this time is so that we would again discover what's really important and what's really not important. You see, the fact of the matter is souls are important. The people around us are important. Building in our own family relationships together, growing in Christ, that's that's really what is important. But Jesus says here, remember what you've received. The fact of the matter is that they had received God's word, and at one time they'd been really strong, but now they were no longer strong. And listen, this is the problem today in the church of Sardis, and, and in many churches today that are falling asleep, because listen to me. Preaching on stories will not change lives. It is the preaching of the Word of God. You see, transformational preaching, 2 Corinthians 3.18, is what we need, where lives are being changed by God. Listen to me. Just on Friday, my my best friend, uh, for many years, he's in his 90s now, told me on the phone Friday, he's in Lexington, Kentucky, He's in assisted living now, and, and they got them all locked down, and one of the nurses that came in, because they won't let them go down eat, they eat, they bring their food to them, he said this to me, he said, Keith, the woman said to me, she said, sir, it seems to me that you're calm, and I'm not, and he began to tell her why, and, and he, I could tell with excitement in his voice, now listen to this, he led her to Jesus Christ. He led, listen, a 90 plus year old man led someone to Christ because in his life, listen to me, he was not losing the word because the word of God was first place in his life. Could it be at this time that you're in a church that's forgotten the word of God and they need to remember? Maybe you're in a church that's preaching moral relativism, that you're preaching the fact that there's really no really ultimate moral attributes and principles, but I'm here today to tell you there there is a principle called the word of God and it changes lives. And today that we are called not to to be a church asleep without the word, but a church. Now watch this. When we as a church, I wrote this down, when we continue to preach repentance, and by the way, to every one of these churches in Revelation that had problems, he always began with this word, repent. Dale and Michael dealt with this in the Sunday school. It is repentance that is needed. It is healthy for us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. And right now as you watch this, if you have unrepentant sin in your life, you're falling asleep spiritually. You may be focusing on you right now and in, in your own life and what you're doing instead of what God has for your life. Oh, I wish I had more time there, but he says, he says in verse 3, Receive and hear, keep it and repent. And then he says this, But if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief. Now, a thief always comes. So listen, I wrote this when, you, when, you, when it's unexpected. They're uninvited. And listen to this, you're unprepared. First Thessalonians 4, 13 says this. There's going to be a day when the Lord returns. Could it be that we're in Revelation now? Could it be, God forbid, that this virus would would take a third of the population of the world? I don't know. But I know the scripture will teach us that in chapter 6 all the way through 19, that this world is, is headed for turmoil, but Jesus says, I'm going to come like a thief, but it may not be then for you as a church. This may be your last moment and opportunity as a church to come back to life. And so he says, unless you repent... And so can I plead with you today, not to be busy with activity, but to be busy with reaching the souls of people through the truth of the Word of God. In these last moments that I have with you, I come now into the church of Philadelphia. They're my favorite church of all the churches that we read about. We know the word, being Americans, that that the word for Philadelphia means brotherly love. Actually, one of the emperors had the city built for a friend. Actually, that was his family member who actually loved so many people that they called it Philadelphia after him, brotherly love. But I want to tell you, as your note says, it was an unstoppable church. You say, how do you know that? Well, look what Jesus says about them in verse 8. I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know you have but a little power, but you've kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, think about this. Here was a church that was in the midst of what they were facing then. They were reaching their worlds. I'm going to tell you this: that you're a member of a body of Christ. That in First Baptist Church of Jackson, that we listen to me. As since January, we've already baptized over 20 people. Listen, today it could be the day that right now you're sitting there. Listen, students, you may be sitting there right now with a mom and dad. You've pled with them to watch this now, and they're without Christ, and you're praying right now. So listen, mom and dad, this could be your moment that God could change your life. But you've got to let God come in. And Revelation 3 and 20, God stands at the door of your heart. You have to open the door. Uh, you have to open the door and let Jesus come in because without Jesus, you gain this whole world, the Bible says, and lose your soul. You've prospered nothing. And so the church at Philadelphia was a church that was an unstoppable church. God says, I've opened a door for you. He said, Pastor, what kind of church, maybe you're watching from somewhere, what kind of church should I go to that, that has the characteristics that are unstoppable? Well, Jesus gives us two, there's three. Number one is this, they have a high view of God. When Jesus designated about him, spoke about himself in verse 7, he says the words of the the Holy One. Now think about this. When he says, I'm holy, he's saying this, I'm separated from sin. See, whenever you find that in the Bible, it means that God is devoted to seeking his own honor. God is holy in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3. When when Isaiah saw that scene in heaven, the Bible says that the angels cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. I wrote this down in my notes, and, and Ms. Kelly put it in her office. Here's what, what I wrote in my notes. God's holiness provides the pattern for His people to imitate. God's holiness provides the pattern for His people to imitate. Now, now here's our fourth question to lean into. Come on, give me some comments now. Here, here's the question. What are, what are your, your actions revealing about your faith? What are your actions revealing about your faith? Think about this. How are you conducting yourself in these days? What are the things that you are going after? Could it be, as it comes on the screen for me now, could it be toilet paper? Could it be that this is a thing that you are focused on in your activity? Maybe you ran over somebody. Just to get this, I mean, this this small piece of paper and, and you didn't even know that we were giving them out yesterday at church. Now, we laugh at that and say, where in the world did that come from? Well, we believe that. Some people have told us that, that it was kind of a hoax type of thing. But you know what the Bible says? It's going to be my verse this week that, that on our 630 on, on, and each night this week as we have time in the Word together. Psalm chapter 12, 112 and verse 7 will be a verse to memorize where it says this. He, speaking of a righteous person, he does not fear when they receive bad news. But why? Because their heart is fixed. Now, listen to this. It is fixed upon the truth. You see, sometimes we face things in life that kind of gets us off. And and listen, as I hold this in my hand today, could it be that we're more fearful about this than we are about the souls of men? You see, they in their day had a high view of God. It is not this that really cleans us. Yes, a little bit, as I throw it back to my friend now. It's it's, it's just that cleans us in a little bit. I can hear my wife right now saying, that's potty humor, don't use that. But I want you to hear this. It's spiritually speaking, it's Christ that cleanses us from our sin. Remember in chapter 1 where that, that John was re- given a greeting for Jesus? And listen to what it says about him. To him who loves us and frees us from our sins by his blood. Yeah, that can never happen apart from the holiness of God. And God says, hold me high and you'll be unstoppable. But second characteristic of the church is this, that they had a high view of God's word. God's word, they had such a high view. Jesus said of himself in verse 7, the words of the Holy One and the True One. You see, many things out there today, we don't know if they're true or not. How many cases of the virus are out there? How how little are there? Right now in our county, it says that there's none confirmed, but that doesn't mean it's not here. But let me tell you this today. What is truth that you can hold on to? Yesterday, as they were getting the boxes of food, Brother Don Mapp, who I know is watching right now. Don, I miss you, brother. Don made this statement to all all of our team standing there. Don said this, that that there is hope and there's help, not in these boxes, not in the food, but in Jesus Christ. Where did that truth come from? It came came from the Word of God. You see, we don't have to fear, friend, because if we stand on the truth of the Word of God. But here's the problem. Many churches today are trying to redefine the truth. And so as you try to redefine the truth, if you're redefining something, you have nowhere to stand on. It's kind of like that you tear down a, a deck out your house, and then you kind of just walk out. Well, where do you stand? And friend, today I'm not trying to tear down the Word of God. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. Because if you stand on the Word of God, the Bible says we have, we have a foundation from which to launch from. An unstoppable church is a church that looks to God and holds a high view of Him and says, God, you're the Savior, and I'm not. It has a high view of God that says when we come, every time we sing a song here at this church, we are worshiping God. We're not the only one. We are singing true songs, not songs that just have a good beat to them. They, the bottom line is that they teach the truth of the Word of God. Every time we and our students, that's what we do. This Wednesday night, students, we'll have a live stream service for you. We'll be right here live. Stream. Tuesday night, you'll have your, your small group, of, and Gary and others will get with you. So we'll have our Tuesday night group for you. But listen, when we come together, it, we play, but it, we're playing games. Not We don't play games with the Word of God. The Word of God changes our lives. I can hear you in our church family, four to five hundred strong of you saying, Amen and Amen. For the writer tells us here, Jesus, Philadelphia, you're unstoppable because you have a high view of God and a high view of his word. But lastly, you have a high view of the gospel. You see, he says, I've opened the door for you. He says, I have the key in verse, verse 7. He says, I'm the one who has the key of David. I open and no one shuts. What's he talking about? David had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He didn't own them, but God had loaned them to him. And it was Jesus who said to Peter in Matthew 16 and 18, he says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Peter did not in Acts 2. He preached to the Jews and the kings of the kingdom. They were able to be saved through Christ. He went to Samaria, opened the keys of the kingdom. Samaritans got saved. And then he went to Cornelius' house in Acts 10. And there, Cornelius, with all these people, came to know Christ. You see, right now, friend, I'm going to encourage you with this. God's opened the door. You say, but preacher, nobody wants me in their house. I didn't say that you're walking physically in their house, but a phone call. We as a church have connected more this week. Deacons calling people, and friends and neighbors. I, I prayed for my neighbor across the street. You may be watching today. My neighbor has a special needs kid, and he's an awesome guy. Every time you see him, he's smiling smile on his face. But I know right now she keeps him away from everyone as she should. You know what I've been praying for her? I've been praying for her and her husband. I've been praying that, that God would just put that shield of protection around them. You see, that's what we're supposed to do. As I was calling members of our church this week, praying with senior adults who, who are listening. Their number one concern was financially to make sure they got their tithing. You know why? Because they believe in this work. While, while I'm talking this to you right now, there's probably some of you from other countries that are, that are coming in online, and I hope that you do, and tell us you're praying for us. But you know, we brought the gospel to you. We're bringing the gospel throughout our city. As you go to the grocery store, don't be afraid to tell someone that Jesus loves them text for somebody you text all the time snapchat instagram use these tools you got it you got you got this ability with this camera get online and begin to, to love on people listen people get saved. it is not being in their presence that leads them it's christ in their presence that leads them and here in this text jesus says to the church of philadelphia you have but a little strength what does that mean that means that you may not have all the resources you may only have a smaller congregation but listen there's power in the gospel the gospel can change lives. We as a church of about 400 averaging on Sunday. We as a church, listen to me, are literally touching the world because this truth, and listen to me, this God has opened a door. And so I want to say to you right now, Dad, this is your door to take the lead in your family. It's time that you learn how to pray and how to give your, your wife a break in all this. Mom, this is your opportunity to step up strong. The kids are watching you more than ever before. Senior adults, it's your time now on the phone to work it strong and to love and to care for people. And listen, as I told my mama number two, you know she's doing her best to protect her husband who has zero immunity. I told her that she's not God. She's not God. And so you don't have to fear today. You don't have to fear today. But he is God. Whether it was then, here's what, what Jesus says. Listen, church, you have but a little power. But I'm going to open a door, and he said here, so amazing, those who are in the synagogue of Satan, in other words, the devil's crowd, or the Bible says this in verse 9, is going to come, oh, I love this, is going to come and bow before the feet of this church. You know what that means? That, that means that, that someday in heaven, the church is going to rule. That means right now, somebody that used to hate you, will right now, maybe reach out now and listen where they've never listened before. Be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware of what God can do. You say, Pastor, so what should we do out of this? Well, there, there are three tasks that I gave you on your app that you write down. And with this, we finish. Wow, you're going to get out before 12. Well, maybe you're not going to get out before. Maybe, maybe you will. Let's go to what God does here right now. Listen, here's the first task. You and I have to reject all false teaching. You and I have to come to this place where that we reject this false teaching, which means this. I want, to, I, want you, I want to clear up something today. I wrote this in my personal notes. God does not accept you, listen to this, for the purpose for you to stay the same. See, people say, God says, come just as I am. I love that great hymn. It's true, just as I am. But God does not just say, come as you are and stay as you are. I reject that teaching. God God calls you to come. Now listen, no matter who you are, no matter all the sin that you have in your life and your past, listen to me today. You can come to Jesus and you'll clean it up. As far away as the sin is, from the east, from the west. So far has God removed our sins from us. If, you, if God leads you to come to this church in the weeks weeks come in, you'll find people who used to be the worst of the worst. But listen, they didn't hear false teaching. They heard the true teaching of the Word of God, that you must be born again. And God saved them when they repented and they were born again. Second is this. We've got to train. Write it down. We have to train a new generation to hold a high view of God. His Word and His Gospel. When I say a whole new generation, I'm not just saying our students. I'm I'm talking about our college. I'm talking about our young adults. I'm talking about our median adults. I'm talking about our senior adults. I'm talking about our babies. We have to get back to the things that we are important about and that is the holiness of God the truth of the Word of God and reaching a lost and dying world that's why we as a church exist to love God and make disciples of all people we gather together in the truth listen we grow in the holiness of God and the truth of God's and then we go together to locally nationally and globally that's what we're about and we haven't stopped anything the outside door may be closed but the gospel is not closed and so we are training a new generation And God wants you to be a part of that. That's why you ought to be a member here. That's why you ought to be giving here. You ought to be going and growing right here. And lastly is this. We have to go. It's in your notes. We have to go with urgency into our world carrying the everlasting gospel. And so, child of God, I say this to you as we come to the time of invitation. If you've fallen asleep, isn't it time that you quit listening to the viewpoint of the world and come back to the viewpoint of God? learn more about our ministries, check us out at jacksonfbc.com.